With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crombie Hour on Saga 960. I've got a really interesting young lady to introduce you tonight, like just a fascinating uh, person. Stacy Preer is her name. She's a mini titan in the making. Uh, she's uh, She hails from uh, a small town, McGregor, which is close to Windsor. Uh, she has a resume that includes, but it's not limited to get all this, stand-up comedian, model, actress, talk show host, lead singer in a cover band, and that's just her after 5 p.m. gigs. By day, she co-owns and manages a real estate brokerage in London, Ontario called uh, Revel Realty Inc. And she coaches for Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting. Yeah, wow. all true. <laughs> how, do, how do you do all that, Stacey? I often get asked this and I, I jokingly but truthfully say I don't have kids. So uh, kids, <laughs> no kids is the solution. Yeah, no kids and not married. So that kind of frees up some of my time. <laughs> so so let's talk about some of this. Uh, you know, lead singer in a cover band. Tell me about the cover band. Um, so I it's kind of a passion project that has turned into uh, you know, uh it's a good it's a fun time for everybody. I went through my divorce in 2019 and you know, some people turn to meditation and other people turn to other things and I turned to music. So I was listening to uh, Gypsy on repeat from Fleetwood Mac and all the other good tunes, the feel good songs uh, from the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, so what I decided to do was start my own cover band. I used to enjoy being on the stage doing stand up comedy. Um, so I thought that, you know, maybe trying my hands and my chops at singing would be a good thing. <laughs> and what what's the cover band? What's it called? So my cover band is called Blazed Phoenix, and it's actually named after my big back tattoo uh, that I also decided to get um, for my 40th birthday. Um, but my name actually comes, uh, the root word is Eustace uh, from Stacy. So, and Stacy means risen. And as everyone knows, the, the phoenix uh, rises from the ashes. So that's, uh, that's why we named it Blazed Phoenix. And so, where do you where do you play? I play all over. So we we technically we've done Fort Stanley, we've done St. Thomas, we've done London, but we're available to play anywhere in Ontario, really. So and what kind of music? Seventies, eighties, nineties, and now. So you can get anything from Fat Bottom Girls to Pour Some Sugar on Me to Footloose to Uptown Funk. You never know what you're gonna get at a Blaze Phoenix concert. And awesome. we also, yeah, we have, we have a lot of fun with our audience. So from my stand-up comedy days, I like to pick on people. Um, and I also have inflatable instruments so people can play with the band. Inflatable um, instruments. Yeah. 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 So we have inflatable microphones, electric guitars, and uh, saxophones. And let me tell you, 
uh, it doesn't matter what age you are. I have seen, I have seen people get up and just give her. So it's been lots of fun. <laughs> and how long have you been doing this? Uh, so we just started in April and okay. we've had, uh, I think we've had about uh one two three we've had about nine gigs so far which is good um so we do at least almost one gig a month sometimes it's like two or three in a month and then we all take in a the little... London and and Port Stanley area and southwestern Ontario yeah so London St Thomas and uh, Port Stanley is has been our main places but we're willing to I'm from Windsor so I'm willing to travel to Windsor we'd love to do Stratford Barry wherever we're we're happy to go <laughs> wherever the party is. I literally leave a glitter trail. So I also glitter dust everyone with my Phoenix dust. So the joke is after a Blaze Phoenix concert, you're bound to be full of glitter for weeks to come. Unbelievable. So, and 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 you got into that because of your stand-up comedian days? I got into so I used to be a stand-up comic in Toronto uh from 2002 to 2009, uh, before I left for Australia. But I really loved working with the crowd. So I got into um, I got in, not to be crass, but I got into doing the band stuff because at 42, I don't really think it's appropriate to tell vagina jokes and sell real estate by day. So I just figured, you know, the band gig might be satisfy that urge to be on stage and performing. Um, and plus I love all those tunes. I'm an eighties girl to the core. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and where did you do the stand up comedy? Um, so when I was doing stand-up comedy, it was predominantly in uh, Toronto, but I was on Sirius XM radio, Laugh Attack. I was also on the Naked News. I've also done stand-up in Australia and ironically in the Dominican too. So I've kind of, I've, I get around in the nicest way possible. I get around. <laughs> okay. 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 And then how did you, from all of that, get into your day job, which is real estate? So long story, I know it's, it's weird. It's, it's, there is a flow. There really is a flow. Um, so from stand-up comedy, I ended up uh, doing a travel show called Jill and Stacey do the Rue. And with that show, we were doing a lot of uh, social media marketing and event planning, and we were interviewing different businesses. So I really had taken to internet marketing. Um, when I came back from Australia to spend some time with the family, I ended up meeting my now ex-husband, but he was in the process of starting a real estate business. So I figured I could do some of the stuff like that. He showed me his marketing and his website, and I was building this for clients on my own at, in Australia. So basically, I had said to him, listen, buy me a dinner or two, and I'll, I'll do some work for you because I can do better than what they're doing. So then we ended up, um, I redid uh, his marketing, his advertising. He asked me to start doing his administration. And then he asked me to get licensed and I asked him to put a ring on it. So that was the progression of that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always and, willing to make a deal there, Brian. Always and, and, to I want to ask you now why it didn't work out, but anyway, that's a different conversation. <laughs> uh, and then you got into coaching um, with uh, uh, Kathleen Black. Yes. Yeah, so I, um, in 2019, I took a bio. We were running a company together in London, Ontario, um, and I was managing the brokerage. Um, so I had built the brokerage from the ground up with him, um, but my main assets were administration, sales, marketing, and recruiting. So essentially all the systems, foundations, and structures I had kind of taken hold of. 
I went to school for graphic design and marketing. So I had a, a bit of a business background. So I was able to kind of take charge of that while he was out selling and, you know, handling our clients. So when I took the bio, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, and I ended up helping a, a team in Lucan um, kind of with their systems operations. And that's when I was first introduced to Kathleen Black. Um, and I really love the stuff that Kathleen puts out there. She's very um, focused. She's very driven. And when I was looking for a change in 2019, I figured, hey, maybe I could take some time off real estate, do some coaching, learn some things and learn from Kathleen because she's always willing to help promote people who are motivated and driven as well. Um, so I got into coaching, doing the systems operations and helping out other people with their administration, their marketing, their sales, and obviously um, the systems that KBCC offers. Awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's how it all got started. Well, we're going to yeah. take a break for some messages and come back and we're going to talk a little bit about real estate because uh, sure. I think that's something that people really are are focused on today with, uh, uh, you know, interest rate hikes and uh, what's happening with uh, with uh, prices and uh, and and London and Kitchener and Waterloo versus Toronto, et cetera, and, and resort versus, uh, um, you know, regular urban and suburban uh, housing. So let's talk about that uh, during our next break and then we'll maybe come back uh, and talk a little bit more about coaching and then maybe end up with some more conversation about stand-up comedy and uh, and cover bands and uh, modeling and hosting <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so sure. we're going to be back with Stacey uh, Preer, like beer, uh, in, uh, in just uh, two minutes. She told me that, uh, that that was how I could uh, uh, practice pronouncing her name. Stay with us. We're going to be back in two minutes. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Crumbie Radio Hour on Saga 960. We're chatting with Stacey Preer tonight. She is a, uh, she's everything. She is a model. She's a host. She's a stand-up comedian. She's the lead singer in a cover band. Uh, and uh, most importantly for this section of the show, she owns a real estate brokerage in London, Ontario, and she's a real estate agent and broker. Uh, and um, and she's also a coach in the real estate business with uh uh, with Kathleen Black. Um, and we'll come back uh, to some of the training aspects in in a couple of minutes, maybe. But let's talk about the real estate market. And I understand, Stacey, that in addition, you've got your own program on uh, on the local Rogers. Is that correct? Yes. So just to clarify, I am not actually the broker. My, uh, my partner is the broker. Uh, so I co-own the brokerage Rebel Realty with my partner, Marcia Beaton. Um, and my show is called agent on duty, which appears on Rogers TV. You can also streamline or binge watch on, uh, the Rogers TV backslash agent on duty.com agent on duty. Okay. Yes. So you're a, you're an agent, not a broker. I apologize for that mistake. Uh, so agent on duty, let me ask you a couple of questions. What's happening with the real estate market. People are worried about, uh, interest rate increases. Uh, I've heard that, uh, some suburban markets, uh, um, that are sort of far out uh, from the Greater Toronto area, like uh, like Brantford and uh, and Kitchener and uh, Cambridge, etc., down like fifteen percent. What's happening in London? What's happening uh, elsewhere in southwestern Ontario? Uh, what do you hear about uh, the Greater Toronto area? So a lot of, <laughs> as much as we we south of Toronto, um, like to say. That, we joke that everything starts in Toronto and then kind of trickles down, right? So that is actually very true. 
in the real estate market. If there's stirrings in Toronto, then we know to anticipate things here in the London, Ontario market. Uh, we do have interest rates increasing again in October. Now, one of the things that I want to stress is this is not a recession. It's a reset. What we've seen in the last um, six years. So since November 2016 is really when the Wild West of real estate, real estate started. So <laughs> in, yeah, so November 2016 is really when the Wild West of real estate kind of started. So what we saw was a shortage of listings, an increase in buyers, and that was partially due to the immigration in Ontario. So what we saw was an influx of people coming into all of our different major cities, lack of product and lack of in infrastructure to support these people. So what ended up happening then was we had a builder's boom in 2017, 2018. Then the builders got backlogged and then we saw COVID hit in 2020. So then there is a backlog of that. So continuous shortages of listings increased the prices of homes. Um, so what the government is doing, and keep in mind, every seven years, there's a new economic cycle. So we are right on par for a new economic cycle. If you follow something called the laughter curve, um, it's an economic uh, curve that really explains the life cycle of what happens when there's a reset. So we are the laughter not, curve. Yeah, L-A-F-T-E-R. If you follow that, or if you want to look it up on Google, it'll tell you exactly what's going on. And it's usually in regards to a product but it will also help you with what's going on in the economy. So when you see this, every seven years, there'll be a new, uh, a new cycle. So 2016 is kind of when this started. So 2023 tees us up for cycle, year number one of the new cycle. Um, what you're seeing and what my opinion is, is that they're raising interest rates and they're raising the stress test. So new buyers, are finding it harder to get into the market, which means less buyers competing, which means less buyers driving up the prices of homes because the home values aren't actually really appraising at what the new market values are. So they have to find a way to compress that. So the other thing we found was that builders were holding back product because they weren't getting the prices that they wanted to. Um, with the increase in interest rates. So they're holding things back and they're renting things out or they're not releasing things. So the government was working hard on getting them to release stuff as well. And so what we're going to see next year by my prediction is a new release of many units. So whether it's townhouses, regular residential, um, semis, you'll see more affordable housing which is going to reset the market. So it'll be an equilibrium market where we'll have equal buyers to equal sellers. Um, what that means for you is that buyers can now take their time to buy. They don't have to purchase blind. Uh, they don't have to worry about, you know, finding something so they won't be homeless. What this means for sellers is that you might not get that extreme bidding war, but you can actually get the equity and the value in your home and you don't have to worry about taking an offer and thinking this might be the only offer or the best offer. You will get the offer that's true to whatever your home value is. So yes, that is my predictions for 2023, a reset market. A reset. So again, yeah. does a reset mean prices go down? So what we're seeing across the board is prices have gone down about 100K in most markets. Um, as a million dollars or on two million dollars under a million so if we're talking under a mil it's about 100k less so the average price so that's is 15 percent 15 20 percent about that yeah 
So for example, like I think our home prices had crept up to like just above over seven. Now they're at like 635. Okay. So, so that's almost 20%. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be seeing a decrease as the interest rates increase, but there's going to be an equilibrium. So it's great for people who want to invest. It's great for people who are looking to purchase. It's great for people who, um, if you've been waiting for the market to calm down, this is your time to enter in. Is now the time or is it to wait until uh, spring? Again, you can wait until spring and we don't really know. It's, it's hard to, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't really predict what's going on. But for the fall market, if you're looking at investing in property, now is a great time especially if you have a lot of equity that you've already earned in your property. One of the things that I love to preach to parents who have kids who are renting, you guys should be using the equity in your home and putting a down payment on a townhouse or some sort of a home for your kids. So they're not paying someone else's rent. This is doubling down an investment for you. And it's also setting up an investment for your kids. So by the time, if they live there for four or five years and they go to sell, you get a little piece of the change, they get a little piece of the change, and now they're set for their next home. Okay, so um, volumes are down, I understand, in the greater Toronto yeah. area by about 47%. Um, yeah. And uh, and so logically, that should lead uh, at some point in time, once uh, you know the sellers reset their price expectations uh, such that yeah. they clear the market, um, to, uh, to something such that prices should be down by 47%. If they're only down by 15%, do you think there's another... 20, 25 points of decline still to go? I think it depends on the interest rate hikes. And that's all I can speak to. You typically, typically in January, um, the prices go down. So if we do see uh, interest rates equaling off and cooling off and sticking under 4%, then likely you won't have that happen. Um, the prices will stay the same. If it goes and continues to climb up, like, the Canadian market has seen 14% before for interest rates. And that wasn't unheard of. Well, it doesn't um, even have to go to 14%, but you know, I think yeah. most people are thinking that you're going to have at least two more increases. Uh, yeah. The Bank of Canada has indicated that the Fed is in the United States has indicated that. So if you yeah. have two more increases of 50 to 75 basis points each, so that you're up 100 to 155, uh, 100 to 150 basis points in total, what's yeah. that going to do, do you think? I think that that is going to drive the prices down. So this because, we should wait a little bit. <laughs> sell now, happens, sell yeah. now. But if you buy, you should wait a bit. Yeah. If if that happens, yes. Hypothetically speaking, if that is what happens, yes, I do agree with that. That is what you should do. Okay. But we have if that changes, then you know we 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 have um, prices to disposable income in Canada and yeah. prices to rents that are astronomical relative yeah. to, you know, almost any other, you know, market uh, around the world. Um, UBS, uh, a big uh, international uh, um, investment bank said that Toronto is a market that is most prone to potential decline. Um, how did we get into this position, do you think? Was it, was it like, was it just too much exuberance? People just bid like crazy to get that uh, expensive home? Was it all because of low interest rates? Well, what do you think it is that's caused this increase in, in housing prices? Again, I personally think it was the influx of people that we saw immigrating into our country. And I'm saying that just from a simple supply and demand um, basis. We had limited supply and then we had a super, super high demand, right? There's only so much you can take into 
uh, country if you don't have the actual resources to support it. But given the way things were, that I think is what happened, right? We continue to accept different people into the uh, country. And I'm saying this just solely on a supply and demand um, principle, right? If, if you only have if you only have 10 loaves of bread at a convenience store and you have 20 people wanting it, what do you think is going to happen? Right. And then next year you only have seven loaves of bread and then you have 30 people wanting it. Then the next year it's six and then you've got 35. So that's just what's been happening. The price of bread is just continuing to increase. And that's basically what my, my guess is, and they no. didn't know how to control it. So uh, I think, you know, immigration is is one of the factors. Foreign buyers is another factor. Low interest rates is a is a third factor. Uh, CMHC, um, Build, uh, you know, and a bunch of other organizations um, have suggested that really it is uh, municipal governments that haven't been improving um, housing developments and apartment developments and townhouse developments, etc. So it's it's restrictive zoning policies that uh, have not uh, allowed developers to actually build what they want to build and what they could build. Um, well, there is also, and here's the thing too, small, smaller municipalities didn't want to increase to bigger cities because increasing into bigger cities meant bigger taxes. So there was reforms that were voted against on that. And also the agricultural land was being cannibalized by developers. So then you saw the agri agricultural sector like starting to rise up and say, hey, don't take our lands. Like, we still need to make a living too, right? So there's a lot of different, it was really the perfect storm between 2016 and now. There's tons of things going on. You can't just put your finger on one and say, mm, no, it was this. I think it's basically pick a bucket and you can just keep tossing things into it for the last six years because that's really what's contributed to it. Okay, but bottom line, um, if you think interest rate increases will continue for a little bit, what you're saying is if you're if you're a seller, now's a good time to sell. If you're a buyer, maybe hold off for a couple of months. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying now's a good time to buy. And if you're a seller, maybe hold off in, in a couple of months. Just because buying right now makes sense. Selling does not. The prices are declining. Um, so if you're looking at buying an investment property, a recreation property, or a secondary property for your children, now is a great time to do that and use your equity in it. Um, until we know what's going on with interest rates next year, I would probably not list your home. That's and that's me just being straight up consulting, not trying to get a paycheck. You wouldn't you wouldn't list your home because you're going to list it too high because the price expectations in the future will go will go lower. I'm saying I technically wouldn't list my home until I find out what's going on with the market. Um, the reason why is again, right now, buyer uncertainty is at an all time high. Um, with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's, it's, I know it doesn't make sense what I'm saying. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself. But what I'm saying is hold your asset until we find out what's actually going on with the interest rates next year, hold on to your asset. If you're looking to purchase something and you don't have to sell something, purchase something now. So I don't have a crystal ball, like I mentioned before, but if you're looking at doing something for the fall market, that would be my advice. Okay. Stacey Preer, I appreciate your uh, your advice in that regard. We're going to take a break for some messages and come back and we're going to talk a little bit about her uh, training. Uh, at the Kathleen Black uh, Consulting uh, Group, and uh, which is a real organization that helps people create teams and uh, get going um, uh, in the real estate market. Uh, we'll be back with Trey Stacy in just two minutes. Stay with us, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga Night 60. I've got a really engaging young lady to introduce you to tonight. Uh, Stacy Preer is her name. She is a mini titan in the making. She uh, hails from uh, McGregor, which is close to Windsor. She's got a resume that includes, get this, stand-up comedian, model, actress, talk show host, lead singer in a cover band. And that's just her evening gig. She's also, by day, she co-owns and manages a real estate brokerage in London, Ontario, called Revel Realty, Inc., and she also coaches for the Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting Organization. And they've got a big conference coming up uh, in Niagara-on-the-Lake um, yeah. in uh, next month, I guess it is. Yeah, the summit. It's, Tell us a little I, bit about uh, the ultimate summit in Niagara. So I had the pleasure of actually emceeing and um, teaching and being uh, on the panels for uh, the last summit last year. What I can say is that it's definitely one of those uh, summits that you don't want to miss. Um, we have upwards of 200 plus people um, at these in, at, at these events. And there's a little bit of something for everybody. And everybody's sharing their story. They're sharing their knowledge. They're networking. And if you've been kind of suffering in the real estate market uh, this year, this is one of the events that you definitely want to go to to kind of rev your engines and get yourself started for uh, 2023. It'll help you with your business planning. That I can guarantee you. Awesome. And what do you do? You're, you're the, the host on the stage or are you doing coaching as well or what? So this year, unfortunately, I will not be emceeing. I um, I will be in Australia. So, <laughs> um, but no, all of us coaches, we typically host different rooms and we teach on our buyer system, our selling system. Uh, some uh, rooms are specialized for administration, uh, we talk about uh, building your business, building your team, the top 1%, um, how to increase your business uh, 10x. There's so many different things in there. Um, we do focus a lot on team building. So if you're an agent who is looking to diversify your business, maybe you're looking to create a legacy brand um, where you're looking to now manage, um, this event is 100% for you. Awesome. Um, and do you do coaching yourself? 
Yes. So I coach multiple different clients uh, with KBCC. Um, and I also do the community coaching program. So with KBCC, we have targeted one-on-one -on -one, uh, programs. We have the Relentless to Rise, we have Top 1%, and we have ICON. So the Relentless to Rise is for the solo agent. The Top 1% is for anyone who's building a team. And the ICON, uh, the Industry ICON program is for uh, leaders who are looking to diversify their brand, build their business, and maybe become more of a, uh, a CEO of their team or the brokerage. Um, we do micro brokerage management. Um, we do things for training your administrator. We have community coaching calls um, specifically targeted to different people in different stages of their career. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. And what we do is customizable. It's not um, it's not cookie cutter. Uh, some of the other coaching programs, uh, they have the same book for everybody. What we do is when we do our one-on-one -on -one coaching, we analyze our clients and what we do um, we do a disc assessment to see who their personality would be a best fit with. With a disc uh, assessment. So a disc assessment is, um, so it's drivers, influencers, uh, secure people, and uh, controllers. So it, it's basically a, a personality type cast, if you want to say it that way. Um, but what the disc assessment does is it analyzes how you best retain knowledge, how you present yourself to other people, how you absorb knowledge, um, and the best way to encourage and motivate you. So what they do is they take your disc profile and they match you to a coach who would be best suited to you. Um, that way there's that connection, that chemistry. So there's more flow when it comes to coaching. Do you believe in that? Um, I actually, I, I do. I absolutely do. Because there's certain personality types that, I don't know, have you ever just met someone and they kind of just rub you the wrong way? <laughs> And you don't know why, like you have no, no prejudice against this person. It's just, you, you don't know exactly why, but it's the way that they speak or the way that they're, they project themselves. It might not be something that you are ready to absorb. Like some people are very steadfast where they just want to get to the point. They don't want to hear the fluff. They want, you know, they want numbers. They want data. They want something that is factual based. Whereas other people, they're ready to charm the pants off of someone, right? So it's really, it's based on really who you, and some people like that, like that calm, that nurturing person. So really it's, it, it matches where you are in your life. And, and we also are, do, oh, sorry, go ahead. Which are you? Um. So I, am, so usually you see um, D's and I's are, uh, usually dominant personalities and S's and C's are subdominant personalities. I'm actually both dominant. So I'm equal I equal D. Um, so I'm an equal driver, equal influencer. Um, and I'm a pretty aggressive, but charming person. <laughs> and, and so you would partner up well with someone that's equally high in, uh, in, in, uh, in direction and influencer, or, or you, do, do you need someone that's the opposite of you? So I'm actually a chameleon and I can get along well with almost all four personality types. Okay. So uh, my D would speak to the C type um, and my I would speak to the S type. So those are how, like, those are the leaders to the, the sub dominance, right? So um, because I've got both of those, I can kind of manipulate and maneuver through all of the, and then because I'm an I and a D, I obviously speak to my people too. So 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a chameleon there, right? Okay, but again, so if you're high DNI, do you look for someone that's high DNI or someone that's low DNI to partner up with? I, I would say majority of my clients either have I or D in them, um, but my administrators they're all S's and C's. So again, it, I'm equally balanced. I would say for me personally, I'm equally balanced. Someone who is an IS or an IC, they're looking for S's and C's. Someone who's a DS or a DC are looking for S's and C's. Fascinating. Should do yeah. a whole session on that sometime. That could be uh, really quite interesting. Um, yeah. In our email exchange, uh, getting ready for uh, the, the conversation today, you said that you have a personal story about finding your passion. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I kind of laugh. I, there's a lot of people that I will coach, um, and they find themselves stuck in a rut or they find themselves not moving their needle forward, or they find themselves knowing that there, there's something more out there and really being able to find that passion and that purpose, I think is what drives us each and every morning. So if there's something that you could do every single day for free, and get paid for it, what would it be? And one of the things that I found when I was in my, I want to say, I remember being about 24 and I was sitting in a cubicle in Toronto working at an ad agency. And I was like, is this going to be it for the rest of my life? And I looked at my manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as you hit your head again. So I know. And I was like, uh, I don't, I don't think I want to do this. But I went to school, I got the job, I had health benefits like my dad told me to. And I was just like, I'm just not fulfilled. So I made a list of 10 things I was great at that I won awards for and that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. And when I was younger, um, being on stage was always number one. I used to have, I'm going to date myself, a tickle trunk full of costumes. So if anyone watched uh, Mr. Dress Up, you'll know that reference. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, my mom always encouraged my mom and dad always encouraged my creativity. So my passion was always in the arts. So what I did, uh, when I was 24 is I went to uh, second city and I started doing improv and then I joined a sketch troupe and then I couldn't get enough of it. So then I, I started doing stand-up comedy and I couldn't get enough of that. So then I got myself an agent <laughs> and I started doing and that stuff was really what was filling my cup and, you know, sound like a hippie watering my soul. But I also- Watering your soul, really? It was watering my soul, Brian. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, how do I get more of that in my life? And it, to be fair, like I was doing advertising and marketing, which is still kind of creative, but I was really stuck doing what they told me to do, right? Like it's, you don't, when you're in advertising and marketing- in the corporate world, you just do what they tell you. And that's so was that when it. you uh, decided to yeah. branch out and uh, do yeah. other stuff? And, yeah, and I broke said, free. And you <laughs> said that you uh, wrote down 10 things, uh, but only one of you mentioned to us, which was being on stage. What else were part of those 10? Um, so I loved doing improv. I loved singing. I loved dancing. I loved acting on stage and on camera. I loved um, drawing. So I also do art. Like I won awards for uh, logo design and wall murals. So I was like, how do I get more of that in my life? I liked making people laugh. I liked writing things. Like I have, I even have a book from when I, I, I wrote a book when I was 14. Really? And yeah. Yeah. 
so I still it's it's funny I was obsessed with romance novels which is probably not really a great thing at 14 to be stealing your mom's Harlequin romances but I did um and being an entrepreneur was the other thing I always I was never given an allowance my my parents said that your allowance is a roof over your head and food on your plate so if I wanted extra money to do extra things I had to earn it with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I started like a little babysitter's club. And I started advertising my services that way. I started making bracelets and I started asking for kits for Christmas and birthdays so I could do nails and I could do whatever I could to earn money until I turned 15 and I actually got a job at uh, the Knights of Columbus. So being on stage and being an entrepreneur yeah. um, are some of the keys to finding your passion. Um, but yeah. nothing of that, well, I guess the entrepreneurialism fits into the real estate. Yeah. So with real estate, you're doing administration, sales, marketing and research and development. So the creativity comes with marketing and creating your own brand character. Each real estate agent has their own niche. So essentially you're yourself as your human person, but your real estate agent, who are you as your brand character? Are you the luxury agent? Are you the mom agent? Are you the like the community events agent? Like there's so many different things. What's your brand like, character? Uh, the charmingly inappropriate agent. No. <laughs> charmingly inappropriate? <laughs> now I always make all my clients laugh. Um, but I'm I I for my brand character, I think that my agent, like my agent style is someone who's infotaining. So I'm always there to inform my clients, but also make them laugh and make them smile because real estate is a hugely emotional purchase. So if you can put your clients at ease and know exactly what their needs and wants are and make them have fun doing it, then the transaction goes smooth. So I would say I am the infotainer agent. The infotainer agent. And yes. you specialize in just London or all around? So I, again, Brian, I keep saying this and it does not sound good for me, but I get around. I've sold from Windsor to Kincardine, Um, and I do predominantly do London, but I've done St. Mary's, uh, St. Thomas. I've Strathroy, Kamoka, all, all sorts of places. And you're organizing a women's event uh, next year? Yes. Tell me about so, that. Yeah, so I've partnered up with uh, Michelle Goodrich from The Real MG. Um, and she started this collaborative group of uh, entrepreneurial women in real estate um, who support each other, which I think is amazing. And I call it the sisterhood or the sorority and the idea behind this is that we're supporting women in the real estate industry because sometimes it could be some, it can be a little bit of a boys club. So what we're trying to do is we're putting pivotal people in certain points um, to help guide and educate and mentor women in this industry. Not only do we have to be entrepreneurs, but some of us are moms, some of us are wives. So it's hard to do things full time and have all these other commitments. Um, what I'm specifically focusing on in London, uh, we're aiming for April of 2023, is the three pivot points in a career. So um, 
I talked, I spoke earlier about the seven year cycles of the economy. It also happens with a business. So the laughter curve usually pinpoints what goes on in a business or the economy. And it talks about um, from year one to year seven. Now, for me, I personally think that there's three seven year cycles in an entrepreneur's. So this is legacy. this uh, beginner intermediate legacy that you're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to come back to that in just uh, two minutes. We're going to take uh, a message break and we're going to come back with Stacey Prier, a uh, real estate agent in London. Um, she's also, uh, you know, everything. She's a, a host of a, of, a, of a talk show on real estate. She's a model. She's an actress. She's a stand-up comedian. And she is the lead singer in a cover band. Um, uh and that's all in addition to her job uh, co-owning and managing a real estate brokerage called Revel Realty Inc. If people want to contact you uh, for your real estate services, Stacey, how's, how do they best do that? Is there a website they should go to? Uh, they can go to soldbystacyp.com or they can message me via Gmail, sellwithstacyp at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook too, Stacey Prayer. Hit you up Stacey on Facebook. Here. Sounds good. We're going to yeah. take a break. Uh, two minutes. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk about these three stages of, uh, of careers with Stacey Prayer. Stay with us, everybody. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga Night 60. My guest tonight is Stacey Purr. She is a stand-up comedian, a model, an actress, a talk show host, a lead singer in a cover band, and she co-owns and manages Revel Realty, Inc. in London, Ontario. And she also coaches for Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting. We've had a really interesting conversation tonight about, about how she found her passion by writing down the 10 things uh, that uh, she was excited about in life and being on the stage and being an entrepreneur were two of them. Uh, she gave up her job uh, in advertising and uh, launched uh, a career in, as a stand-up comic, uh, comic. And then uh, Australia keeps coming back and forth in this conversation. We haven't really explored that, but we won't bother. Uh, and uh, also some guy that came in and came out of the relationship and she says she's got time to do all these things because he left. And, and so that's another interesting conversation, but we won't talk about that either. Uh, and uh, what we're talking about now is she believes that we have seven-year cycles and there's three stages of careers. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so one of the things through my 20 years of, uh, you know, being an adult worker, um, I find that there's three seven-year cycles to a majority of us. The first seven years is the beginner phase. Um, and that's kind of when you're starting your business. You're really trying to find your footing, find your passion. And you get to a point where you're super successful. Then you have to start breaking out and hiring um, support so you can do the things that you love doing the best or the most, which in KBCC terms, we call it your area of genius or the genius method. So the intermediate stage is when you start building out. So this is when you hire. So maybe you get admin staff, you get sales staff, you get a marketing person, you get a social media person. It's all about building and developing in the second seven-year cycle. The third seven-year cycle is about creating your legacy. How are you going to retire out? How is your business going to work for you? And the reason why I say this is because why put in 14 years of hard work to just, you know, at the end of your 20 years or 21 years of employment or owning a business, you're just going to throw it away? No, you're going to try and get some residuals. You're going to try and maybe manage it instead of working in it. You just kind of oversee it. 
So the legacy phase is how your business works for you, putting key pivotal people in in point uh, to manage your business for you and still create and execute your vision. So those are the three seven-year cycles that I will be talking about at the women's event in London. So you say that you've had some lessons learned in 20 years. Yes. Other than uh, these three cycles uh, and finding your passion um, and having no guy or kids in your life so you can do all these extra wonderful things after five o'clock. What what are the things you've learned? What are your lessons Um, learned? My my main lessons learned are that you're never too old to do the things that you want to do. Um, I was 39 years old when I landed a modeling contract for Lululemon. Um, and I was able to help them, uh, build out and conceptualize their inclusive line. I was actually one of their plus size models, uh, for a year. And that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. That company cares so much about their people and their brand and their product. I highly recommend them. And they're not even paying me now to say this. I just actually really love them. Um, but yeah, you're never too old to realize your dream. Um, at 42 years old, I'm now singing in a band and fulfilling a passion that I had as a 15 year old. So every time I go and I sing my 80s songs or my grunge rock song, my inner 15 year old is just like rejoicing. Um, and don't let people tell you that you can't. One of the things that I really, I struggled with being a nice person was people closest to me would tell me, oh, you're, you're too fat for this, or you can't do that. Or you're, you know, you're not smart enough to do this, or you're not pretty enough to do that, or you don't sound great enough to do this. And I really had to learn that those are their opinions and they're not facts. The facts are that if you have drive, you have motivation and you have the gumption or the spirit for it, keep doing it. You'll find the people that love and adore you for exactly who you are and what you bring to the table. And it doesn't matter if they're family. It doesn't matter if they're your best friends. Put that noise to the side and put your horse blinders on. Stay in your lane and do what you know you can do because the universe only gives you what you can handle, right? And if you have that thought and you're trying to manifest it into your life, there's a reason for it. So do it. You're the only thing that's stopping you. So that would be my biggest lesson that I've learned. You can literally do anything. And I'm proof of that. And I've started from the bottom. Literally, I started from scratch. I was living in my cousin's basement in 2019. I had my suitcase, I had my car, I had my dog, and I sounded like my own damn country song. And I recreated my entire life. I literally looked around two weeks ago. I was performing at the doghouse and the the place was packed and everyone was having a good time. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is this amazing moment in time is bringing me so much joy, but it's brought everyone joy. They, everyone in the bar was singing at the top of their lungs. They were having a great time. And I was just like, there is a lot of things that can come from nothing. And when you think that you have nothing, you don't. If you have yourself, your mind, your heart, your body, you have all your faculties about you, you can leverage that into whatever it is that you want to manifest. And that is my biggest lesson learned. Stop being afraid and just do it. You're never too old. Stop being afraid and just do it. Stacey, thank you so much for those great words of wisdom. Really appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity, Brian. It's been amazing chatting to you. That's our show for tonight, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm on every Monday through Friday at six o'clock. You can stream me online 
at saga960.ca, even in London, Ontario, every night at six o'clock. And all my podcasts and video casts are available on my website, ryancrombie.com. Good night, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.